ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to Nagler's Never Right here at PackersNews.com post-combine edition, free agency eve edition. Lots going on, lots to get to. Let's dive right in with, um, where should we start? Oh, that's right, Latroy Guyon has been suspended again for four games, uh, this time for PED use. You know, I'm a forgiving guy, and I like to give people second, third, fourth, fifth chances, but... At some point, the Packers have to cut bait here. Um, as I said on Twitter, there was a time when his play on the field um, justified maybe possibly dealing with this headache, this continual headache off the field. Uh, I know my friend Rob Domofsky has written that they have restructured his deal so that his roster bonuses are due at a later date, so there's no need to cut him right away. But really, what are you waiting around for? Um, I understand this is the... Second year in a row, they've had maybe a surprise issue along the defensive line. Last year, it was B.J. Raji unexpectedly walking away from the game. This year, it's Latroy Guyon with a four-game suspension. But really, you know, Kenny Clark outplayed the guy down the stretch, and it was pretty apparent that Clark was going to be the starter next year anyway. Um, you can get a big man later in the draft or sometime in free agency. You don't have to spend big-time capital to get it, especially for what Guyon was giving you on the field. It's time to cut bait. I mean, it's pretty simple, to me anyway. Maybe there are extenuating circumstances behind the scenes that I am not aware of, but everything I've read and everything I hear, it's time for Latroy to say goodbye to Green Bay, and vice versa. Um, what else is on the docket here? Our quarterback, Mr. Aaron Rodgers, made a little bit of, I'm not going to say news, I guess he made some waves earlier this afternoon. I'm, creati I'm creating this podcast, I'm recording this podcast on Wednesday afternoon. Uh, when he joined uh, Jason Wilde and Mark Tauscher on ESPN Radio, and he was asked about Mike Glennon's pending deal. Mike Glennon reportedly set to be paid close to $15 million per year by the Chicago Bears. And, um, you know, Aaron was asked if that uh, had to mean anything in regards to his contract, and he responded pretty succinctly that it has to mean something. So, yeah, it was interesting, to say the least. Um you know, and now Rodgers obviously chirped back when Pro Football Talk wrote a post about it. Um, but, I mean, come on. We're, we're all adults here. We all know the intimation that was made there. Um, you know, it's pretty clear that that's Aaron Rodgers. And as Jason Wildey said shortly after in the interview, uh, Aaron chooses his words very carefully, and he knows how to deliver a message. And uh, much like he did when he said that the team needed to be, um, you know, all in after the NFC Championship game, a, a stance that he reiterated at the top of that interview. Um, he was—he knew what he was saying. He knew what he was the, the, the message he was sending there, uh, and he'll play it off. He'll call it fake news, but you know. And here's the thing: Rogers has every right to want his contract reworked, have his contract looked at. The guy's set to make a little over thirteen million dollars in 2017. Um, I think twenty-one million dollars next year. When he should be averaging like around $30 million per year, given what guys are getting now. You look at the Joe Flacco's or um, Carson Palmer's of the world. Aaron Rodgers is severely underpaid. Now, obviously, he signed a deal and um, you know for X amount of years, and he's supposed to honor it. But in a league where a team will cut you the moment you become ineffective or not worth whatever it is they think you're worth then or they're paying you, then, you know, Rodgers has every right to say, look, you know, I didn't make a peep when Mark Sanchez was making more than me. 
Um, but it's time for me to to be uh, looked at here. And I, kudos to my colleague Pete Doherty for writing about this last year. And everyone was saying, you know, it was too early, there was no need, etc. This is what Pete was getting at. It is, it was, it is time to get uh, Aaron Rodgers' deal reworked because, A, you want him happy, but, B, you want him in the fold for as long as possible, especially now that he's talking about playing past the age of 40. Make sure the man is happy, taken care of, and go build the rest of the team around him, as they are trying to do. Um, as of uh, 2.26 p.m., Eastern time on Wednesday, still no news about any of the pending free agents that the Packers are attempting to bring back, whether that's Eddie Lacy, TJ Lang, Jerry Cook. It's been absolutely nothing on that front. Um, I know that uh, fans are getting anxious. I've, my Twitter feed is filling up. But, uh, you know, all in good time. We've been down this road before, whether it's been with Randall Cobb or Brian Bulaga. Ted Thompson usually signs these deals right at the last minute right when free agency is ready to kick off. I tend to think we will still get some news prior to the start of free agency on Thursday afternoon. Um, you know, Micah Hyde is another guy they, they need to you know, try and bring back. I think all those deals are in the works, and they will most like, we'll most likely see action on those in the next 24 to 48 hours. Um, speaking of free agency, I wanted to talk to my friend Chris over at NFL.com, a guy who... Uh, he's one of the smartest football minds um, in the business that I know. The guy has covered the league, NFL.com, like a blanket. He's, he's really sharp, really astute when it comes to not only play on the field but moves off of it in front offices. I uh, want to talk to Chris Wessling about not only the Mike Glennon thing but the Aaron Rodgers contract thing and just the landscape of NFL free agency in general. Uh, so let's get him in here. Let's get Chris Wessling from NFL.com here on Nagler's Never Right. All right, ladies and gentlemen, joining me now here on Nagler's Never Right to talk free agency, the NFL, quarterbacks, and what have you, it's Chris Wessling of NFL.com. Chris, thanks so much for joining me, man. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. I, I wanted to reach out to you because I saw what you wrote about the Chicago Bears, and obviously this is a Green Bay Packers-centered podcast, but uh, I thought what you wrote about the Bears and their targeting of... Uh, Mike Glennon, the reported targeting. Anyway, uh, I thought it was really smart, and I just wanted to talk to you real quick about it. Um, what gives with with Brian Pace? I thought we had a good one there in Chicago after he attempted to jump up and get Mariota a couple years ago. I thought, all right, here's a guy that gets it. You know, he knows he's got to solve the quarterback position. He knows Cutler's not his long term answer. What do you make of this flirtation with Mike Glennon of all things? The best guess I have is he just backed into such a weird corner with the quarterback market exploding and in a socialist sport <laughs> where you can't, I mean, it, it's such a socialist sport where every team really does have an even chance to win unless you don't have a quarterback. And this is his fix, I guess. But to me, it's like, why, why are you so quick to get rid of Cutler 
if your answer is Mike Glennon. I, I don't get the downsizing there. And maybe my, I, I would guess when or if they find Glennon, one or two people associated with the Bears will at some point make the statement evoking Joe Flacco's name, that they will compare Mike Glennon <laughs> to Joe Flacco at some point. Oh, boy. And I do think that Mike Glennon is better than Brock Osweiler. But I think he's, to me, I don't like quarterbacks who struggle to move offenses consistently. You can point to flashes they've shown, potential they've shown, strong arm, tools, whatever, but can you move an offense? Is your drive success high? Can you get into scoring position? And in 18 starts, Mike Glennon was one of the worst in the NFL at that. You can point to his offensive line and his surrounding talents, but the guys the Bears had last year, when Matt Barkley was moving the offense, they had injuries across the offensive line. They had Cam Meredith as the number one receiver. They had no tight end. I just, to me, what are you doing with Mike Lennon? I, I don't see it. So my only guess is that's, that's the corner that he's been painting into as the GM, and he sees Glennon as his best available option. I mean, yeah, they must really want to get out from under Cutler to be going the, this direction. But and the but other, why not last year? Like, why yeah, no, I agree. I cut Cutler. I agree. Like Glennon so much, trade a third round pick or a second round pick for him last year. Right. I, to me, the timing is odd. It's like these teams that are willing to give Tyrod Taylor fifteen to sixteen million this year. But didn't want to give him one million when the Ravens cut him. Right. Well, no, exactly. And to be fair to to Buffalo, they're they're under a new regime now, so uh, regime change can can breed you know different thinking. Uh, the the other reason I wanted to bring up Glennon was uh, our quarterback in Green Bay, Mr. Aaron Rodgers, making a little bit of news this afternoon uh, on a radio interview when asked about Mike Glennon potentially getting fifteen million dollars per, you know, asked if that would be cause for you know, a look at his contract and his very succinct answer was, I would think so, or I think it has to, I think is the direct quote. Now, obviously there's three years left on his deal, but if you're the GM in Green Bay and you've got all these other issues that you've got to deal with, do you drop everything and and deal with this right away so it doesn't fester into a problem? Uh, Or do you just kind of tell your generational star quarterback that, I'm sorry, you've got three years left on your deal, you've got to wait at least one more? I, I don't drop anything because it's the most important week of the year, right? Right. I mean, you, it maybe not Ted Thompson's most important week of the year, but for the other 31 general managers, <laughs> it's the most important week of the year. But I think, I think you do have to address it at some point this off season. And uh, you know, like if if the guy uh, making videos for Podunk Press in in, in Milwaukee or somewhere in Wisconsin. <laughs> is making half of what Aaron Nagler makes, you might say, hey, wait a second. I'm, I'm, I'm setting the standard here for my job, and this guy's all of a sudden getting a huge raise. What's going on? So I think if I'm Aaron Rodgers, of course I look at Mike Glennon and say, what the heck is going on with the quarterback market now? <laughs> right. You know, it's funny because I, I was thinking after he said it, you know, he sat quietly by when that year when Mark Sanchez was making more money than he was. Uh, he never made a peep. And I just tend to think he saw that Mike Glennon headline and finally snapped and said, okay, this is getting ridiculous. <laughs> well, yeah, he saw last year that, that Carson Palmer and Joe Flacco got new deals that paid more than Aaron Rodgers gets paid. So, yeah, I, if I'm him, I, I do probably say something. Now, you, you just mentioned you know free agency being a, a very important time for 31 other teams. Uh, obviously, we do, we, we're both very well aware of Thompson's track record in free agency. Um, 
obviously they'll focus on their own. Uh, heck, they may we may even have breaking news this afternoon or tomorrow. Uh, they may start bringing guys back. But the landscape as it lays now, when you look at Green Bay, obviously they're not going to dive headlong into first day, even first 48 hours, A1 wave of free agency. Um, but I would, I, I'm interested in your thoughts. Do you think Thompson has to be a little more aggressive than he has been in the past? Are, are, are you in the camp of he fields a consistent contender year in and year out, and he's doing the right thing going by the heavily draft and develop mantra? Yeah, I really struggle with the Thompson criticism because I think he's been one of the best general managers in the league for the past decade. Could he diversify his portfolio a little bit? Sure. I think when he does delve into free agency, uh, he usually hits. But could he do it more often? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't think that's not – to me, that's not why they're, they haven't made more Super Bowls. They didn't make more Super Bowls because Mike McCarthy coached a horrible game against the Seahawks. I don't, I don't know. To, to me, I, I don't think Ted Thompson bears the brunt of the blame for that. Uh, yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. I, I I'd say Mike McCarthy was a you know a brain fart away from his backup tight end from being in that Super Bowl. But I, I understand the criticisms of not going for touchdowns earlier in the game. If I look at if I look at the free agent landscape, so to speak, who do you think? I mean, obviously, we know how much cap space is out there. That's been well documented. Uh, teams with money to burn, and you, every year we get to this time of the year, and fans are clamoring for you know guys that they see on lists that they don't realize will be franchised or, you know, brought back into the fold prior to free agency opening. Now that we've got a better idea of, you know, the names that are, are being retained by their teams, who do you think stands to really cash in uh, on the open market? If it just one or two guys that you've seen and said, wow, you, you look at uh, the money that's available and the limited talent pool, who do you think is going to get paid? Quarterback protectors and quarterback harassers. I think <laughs> the offensive tackles, we saw Ricky Wagner today. The Lions are about right. to sign him for the highest right tackle uh, rate in the league, and he's a league average right tackle. Um, he was pretty good last year. He was a liability the year before that. So what are you really getting? I'm not sure. Um, he won't be the only tackle overpaid. And then I think guys like A.J. Bouye and, and Stephon Gilmore are about to become two of the highest-paid cornerbacks in the NFL. Bouye played like a pro bowler for eight games last year, but they were probably the first eight starts of his career. And Stephon Gilmore, I think, at one point got benched last year. Right. He was incredibly inconsistent. Uh, has a reputation because Rex Ryan anointed him this as a lockdown corner but never really showed that. Right. What do you think about the idea that um, I, I read that Gilmore is using Janoris Jenkins' deal as kind of a benchmark, which I guess makes sense. How much do you think the kind of change of, uh, you know, scenery, scenario, defensive coordinator and scheme, how, how much of that causes, you know, you look at Jenkins, and I was never a fan when he was with the Rams, but I mean, he played some lights-out football for the Giants. Is, do you think that is more common when players change teams, or is that an aberration in Jenkins' case? Yeah, I think that's a fair question. In Jenkins' case, it worked out wonderfully. I think we all sat here and said he got overpaid because uh, yeah. he was very inconsistent with right. the Rams, just like Gilmore was. And Rex Ryan leaves his cornerbacks on an island. 
Mm-hmm. Um, he did last year, and it, and it really bit Gilmore. Uh, but Gilmore had a good year the year before, so I do think it's fair to say, hey, in a new scheme, will he have a better year? Yeah, probably. But I think as a general rule, if you're if you're a big in free agency, you're going to get burned more often than not by getting a guy from another system. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. Uh, I'm talking to Chris Wessling from NFL.com, talking free agency. Uh, rolling it back to the Packers real quickly. Do you? I know oh, we've seen a couple tight end deals done over the last couple days. Now we got Doyle in the fold in Indianapolis, and Davis went back to Washington. Uh, Aaron Rodgers obviously has publicly stumped for Jared Cook to be back. I would expect that to happen. Did you see a remarkably different player in 2016 uh, where Cook was obviously instrumental in their offensive resurgence in the second half of the year? Or did you just see the same player playing with a much better quarterback? Yeah, I, I think that's, that's it. But I, he played a lot more effectively, but that's the surrounding talent, and that's the quarterback. I think he always had that potential. But, you, I mean, you know this as well. You can get into a funk and lose your confidence, and you're going to drop passes you're not going to be in the place your quarterback wants you to be because your quarterback might not be very good. Uh, so I think all of that is kind of one hand washing the other. And it, and it works like that when you go to a team where the coaching staff's better and whatever criticism there is of Mike McCarthy and his staff, they're undeniably a better coaching staff than anything the Rams have had for the last few years. <laughs> so when you've got the coaching and the quarterback, yeah, I think Jared Cook has always been this player. Uh, but it's much harder to produce when, when you're surrounded by ineptitude. <laughs> I want that on a T-shirt. That's pretty good. <laughs> I That's... mean, the Rams, let's be honest, in the past, what, since the turn of the century, I don't know if I've seen a more poorly coached unit for extended time than the Rams' offense under Jeff Fisher. Yeah, it's been, a, it's been hard to watch. There's no, <laughs> there's no doubt about that. All right, I'm talking to Chris Wessling of NFL.com. Chris, you're an absolute legend for taking even a few minutes to talk with me. Uh, Thanks so much, and we'll see you down the road. Thank you, Aaron. Anytime. So there you go. There you have it. The man, the myth, the legend, Chris Wessling, NFL.com, breaking it down like only he can. All the free agency, all of the moves, all of the kind of sitting it all out in Green Bay and Ted Thompson. Um, There you have it. Make sure you... Keep it at PackersNews.com throughout the week and throughout the offseason as we chronicle everything going on in Green Bay with the Packers, whether it's what they do in free agency or don't do in free agency, uh, what they do leading up to the draft, and the draft itself will have you covered for everything green and gold. Thanks so much for listening, for downloading, uh, for sending me emails. Don't forget to send me an email at anagler at gannett.com with any of your Packers questions. I do a mailbag every Friday in the offseason. This Friday will be no different. I look forward to your questions there. Thank you so much for listening. We'll talk to you next week.